Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. My name is Adriana. I am your host, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on TikTok and Instagram. And it is Victory Monday for the first time in a long time. The Giants beat the Commanders in Washington 20 to 12. Let's talk about it. There were a lot of good things that came out of last night's game. And I think as Giants fans, we probably all took a collective sigh seeing the accuracy from Daniel Jones, seeing Saquon run through holes, seeing the O-line hold it together for just a few seconds longer so Jones had time to make a decision to get rid of the ball. We saw the defense come through. We're going to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, who had an absolutely incredible game. But the best part, there's two best parts about all of this. Number one is that the Giants won on primetime for the first time in years. And not only that, I said to my husband, who's a Pats fan, which most of you know, that even if you're not a Giants or a Commanders fan, what a great game to watch on Sunday night. The Thursday night football games, some of them have been pretty awful this year, but to get a really good Sunday night game, I mean, you guys know I play fantasy and I am just a big football fan to begin with, that I love watching a great game. And, you know, whether it's a Thursday night or a Monday night or a Sunday afternoon, it's just always fun to watch good football. And I feel like whether or not you were a fan of the teams last night, you just got to watch good football. So that was the best, one of the best parts. The second best part is that the Giants have an 88% chance of making the playoffs. And if they get into the playoffs, which is looking pretty good, it will be the first time since 2016 that they go to the playoffs. And that is a beautiful thing. And we're going to talk about the playoffs, you know, later on in the season as it continues to get closer. But I think it's doing a lot for the players in the locker room. I mean, I'm sure we know what it's doing for the coaching staff, but just for the players to just get that type of momentum back and the energy and everything that comes with actually feeling like you have a shot at the postseason and your football season's not over and there's nothing to play for, it is almost the end of December and this team is playing meaningful games. As a fan, there's nothing more that we can ask for. It is, it's just been so great to watch and I feel, as a fan, I feel rejuvenated. I feel good about this team. I'm optimistic. I mean, I don't feel great about the team. There's a lot that needs to be done, but I just feel like based on what I saw last night that They got back in the swing of things, and they are continuing to improve, where I think the last few weeks between the tie and the losses, it's it's kind of felt like maybe they took a step backwards, and they're, they're not, you know, going and playing at the rate that they were playing before. So I think that everything that happened in the game last night was just a good reminder to all of us that, yes, this team is in a rebuild, but like Joe Shane said in the beginning of the season, we can be in a rebuild and we can still win teams and the Giants, or we can still win games and the Giants are 8-5-1 and one. it feels pretty good. So let's talk about the offense. I am done with Daniel Jones slander. You want to talk crap about Daniel Jones? Don't do it to me because I don't want to hear it. Okay. I'm going to start with that. 
Jones was 21 for 32 for 160 yards yesterday. No touchdowns, no interceptions, zero sacks. Last time we played Washington, he got sacked four times. So overall, a good game for Jones. We're going to talk about the receivers in a second and how they need to catch the ball when it's in their hands. But Jones was accurate yesterday. He made really good decisions. He got the ball out quickly. You know, a big part of their game plan was for him to be able to get get the ball out quickly because obviously the first time around, the dude was getting pummeled left and right. So I think they came in with a really great game plan. I think it was smart. They had designed runs where he just took off and ran. And, you know, he didn't get the type of yardage that I think we all would have liked to see from him. He had 10 carries for 35 yards. Obviously, he doubled that in the first game. But I think just the fact that he's making quick decisions, he's making good decisions, he's holding on to the ball, you know, he is really improving. He led the team on an 18-play, 97-yard drive that led to a touchdown. And that is the type of stuff that we want to see from Jones. And I just feel like I feel really good about him. I said it last night. I'm going to say it again today. David Tyree and Phil Sims both tweeted last night in the middle of the game that they have seen enough that they want Daniel Jones to be the quarterback next year and they think that he should be signed to a new deal. Phil Sims, you guys said that, okay? So I think, you know, in my opinion, Jones has done enough. Do I think he needs to improve? Absolutely. 100%. He is not the best quarterback in the NFL and he might never be, but he is making improvement and we saw what he did yesterday. The fact that he could lead the team, that's the longest drive that the Giants have put together on offense in God knows how long. But to have it end like that in a touchdown was a thing of beauty. Let's talk about Saquon. Um, you know, we talked briefly about Jones and the rushing attack. Saquon, so close to 100 yards, he had 18 carries for 87 yards and one touchdown. And the longest was 15 yards. And, you know, there were a couple plays where I was just watching him like, he's going to break through, he's going to break through, he's right there. And I was, I was waiting for him to just take off for that long run. And even though he didn't get it, he was close. And we finally saw yesterday the Saquon that we saw earlier in the season. We got the run game going. And I really think that Saquon's injuries played a part in it. Obviously, the O-line played a part in it, too. Their run blocking has been pathetic. But Saquon was breaking through. He was making moves, breaking tackles. I mean, you guys saw him spin away. I mean, I assume you did, but... He's spinning away from the defenders, breaking through. So I just think it was a really good game for Saquon. I think it was, you know, a confidence booster for him. Same thing goes for Jones and for, you know, the whole team in general. But to watch that game and to watch Saquon do what he do, I think it's just a reminder to all of us that we love this guy and we want him on this team. And I really hope that it works out for him long term. He's an excellent giant He's an excellent person on and off the field. He's a leader. He steps up when it matters. He makes plays. He's a great guy in the locker room. I mean, there's nothing bad that you could say about him. And, you know, I know money is a factor, but I just, you see him and, and Jones last night and the bond that they have. And, you know, I watched the post game with the two of them. And I just, I, I just would love for them to have a really good 
redemption story. They had it real bad the last couple years. And, you know, to see them walk away from a game like that and how happy they were and the teamwork that they put in, you know, I just want to see more of that. And I I think we're going to get there. You know, it's just going to take a little bit of time. But to round out the rushing attack, um, Matt Breida had two carries for six yards. So I know, you know, we talked a lot about earlier in the week that we want to see the offense get more creative. We want to see Breida get more involved. We want to see um, Brightwell get more involved. I was a little disappointed to not really see Brightwell back there, but I think that we're still going to continue to see more of him over the next few weeks. And that just because we didn't see him yesterday doesn't mean that we're not going to see more of him. So overall, there were 30 carries for 128 yards and one touchdown. Now, obviously, we still need work for the run game. 128 yards on the ground is typically not really going to get it done, just like only putting up 20 points is not really going to get it done. But, you know, the offense made, made plays when they needed to when it came to the running game. And the the more that this O-line just meshes together and improves, it's really going to open up holes for Saquon Brita and Brightwell, whoever else is back there. And I think, you know, that we got a little glimpse of it yesterday. It still needs a little bit of work, but it's improving. And I think that all of us, you know, that's all we want is we just want to see things get better every week across the board. So now let's move along to the receiving game. Richie James, Richie James, guys, was the leader with four receptions out of five targets for 42 yards and the longest was 15. Now, I'm going to keep saying it until we get a receiver who catches every ball that's thrown his way, which let me just segue real quickly into talking about Isaiah Hodgins, who did. He went four for four for 37 yards with the longest catch being 19 yards. So Hodgins is not a number one wide receiver, but he's a great wide receiver. And he is someone that is going to... I think he's going to be in this offense for a couple years. I think he is a good receiver that we can rely on. He's not a number one, but I think that, you know, having him on this team is going to make a difference. I mean, we're already seeing it because we've seen how much the passing game has struggled with the receivers, but I really liked his pickup and I'm glad that he's here and he's making moves. Um, but again, you know, there were 30 targets and 21 receptions. And I know that some of them, um, you know, that Jones threw some balls away here and there. But when the ball is in your hands, you need to catch it. Every single one of you needs to catch it. So it's just frustrating. You know, um, both Saquon and Slayton only had five catches. Saquon had eight targets. Slayton had seven. You know, they just need to be consistent. And Bellinger, uh, Bellinger, oh my God, I love this guy. And he usually is a great target for Jones. But out of four targets, he only caught one. And that is not okay. And I'm not worried about him big picture, but, you know, it's always a little bit concerning to me. I don't know if maybe he wasn't feeling 100% after the rib injury and whatnot. You know, obviously the injuries on this team are a huge problem, but it's just disappointing. You know, we need everyone to make plays when they have the option. And you got to help out Jones, guys. You you have to. And I know next year it's going to be different when we can get some new wide receivers. We're going to get um, 
Wandale back at some point. But, you know, to finish out these games, you know, when you look at the Vikings who are putting up, you know, close to 30 points every game, you just look at our offense and say, I know we don't have a Justin Jefferson and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Daniel Bellinger is usually a pretty good target. Hodgins is pretty good. Richie James is, you know, pretty good considering our receiving core that I don't, I mean, is it possible that we could put up 30 points against the Vikings? They don't have a great defense, so maybe, but again, like this is what we're working with. And I don't think we're getting any offensive players back. So that's a little concerning to me, but that's a problem for another day when we talk about the Vikings. But um, anyway, so the receiving core had 21 receptions for 160 yards. So, you know, the passing game is getting better. They're opening it up a little bit more. I really would have liked to see them throw some deep shots down the field to Slayton. And the only, you know, thing that I'm thinking as to why they didn't is just because they felt like Jones wasn't going to have enough time and he was just going to get pummeled, which honestly is very possible. We've seen it happen one too many times this year. So, Maybe, you know, we'll see that further on down the line. I think we're going to see maybe a couple changes to the O-line this week. But, you know, I think we're getting there. We're definitely getting there, especially in the passing game. But, you know, I just keep thinking you watch these games and you see, you know, pretty much every receiver drop the ball at some point. And it's just hard not to imagine what Jones and this offense could be like if he just had one, just one number one wide receiver. Like, just imagine if he had Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. You know, (laughs) it just, it would make a really big difference. And, you know, we'll get there at some point, but it's definitely, it's frustrating to watch. But, you know, I want to talk about something briefly because along with the Daniel Jones slander, is a lot of people saying that he needs to throw for over 200 yards and that's the only way that we're going to win games and that's the only way that he's going to prove a good quarterback and blah, 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 blah. And I could probably give you a bunch of examples as to why that's not the only statistic that matters and that it doesn't really matter, but I'll give you this one. The passing game for Washington last night, they had 17 receptions for 249 yards and they still lost the game. So numbers, they don't mean everything. Just Jones threw for over 200 passing yards in, I don't remember what game it was, and we still lost. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not that simple and it doesn't always work like that. So, you know, it is what it is, but I do, you know, especially watching that 18 play 97 yard drive and it ending in a touchdown, that is what this offense has really been missing. And the fact that they have not continually made plays like that and not, you know, always converted on third down. And, you know, to see them do it last night, to have them get the conversion on third and long, to have them get it on fourth and long, it's just, you know, it's a reminder that maybe they are capable of succeeding in plays like that. And maybe they're not always capable but we can see it from them and we can see it from them sometimes. So anyway, I hope that you guys feel a little bit better after watching this offense. And I know some of you are going to be like, well, it was only the commanders. Um, Have you seen their defensive line? Have you? Because last time Jones got sacked four times and this time he didn't get sacked once. 
So, you know, I know they're the commanders and they're not, you know, leading the division or leading the team and win or leading the league and wins or anything like that. It doesn't mean they don't have a good D-line. They have an excellent D-line who actually who blew up our O-line the first time around. So that alone is progress, okay? It's going to come here and there. It's just going to be baby steps, but we're getting there. And that's what I want to see from this team. That is what makes me happy about the way that this season is going. The playoffs are a bonus 100%, but I just want to see this team get better. And to look at our offense last night and say that they haven't improved or Jones not a good quarterback or Saquon's washed up or blah, 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 whatever you people on Twitter who don't know anything about football want to say, you're wrong. Okay, let's talk about the defense. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about with the defense. Let's start with this, is that they forced four fumbles. They recovered two of them, but still. This defense, oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I mean, I know where to start, and I'm I'm gonna start with Kayvon, but to to watch that game last night and just feel like this, this is the defense that with these players in here, this is what we expected them to be. This is how we can turn the game around and how they can make stops. We've seen it before here and there throughout the season. It's gotten worse in the last couple of weeks. But last night was like they were rejuvenated. They were ready to go. They had the energy. They weren't tired. And a lot of that falls on the offense. And we need to give the offense credit because last night was one of the best balanced games on offense and defense that we have seen from this team this year. And this is what the defense can be when they get time to rest. And what I think is so funny, and I have talked to some of you guys via DM about this, about Kayvon is when he's on the sidelines and the offense has the ball, he's getting oxygen. He looks like he's out of breath. He looks like he's exhausted, which Thank God he's not exhausted because we needed him the entire game to make plays last night. But, you know, there was this whole narrative coming out of the draft that he takes plays off and, you know, he appears to be kind of lazy. That is not Kayvon Thibodeau. That is not the Kayvon that is on this Giants team. And he proved it to everyone last night, to all the people who are saying, oh, maybe he's a bust and maybe he's not that good and blah, 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 blah. You're wrong. He absolutely nailed it last night. And he was right when he said pregame that primetime loves him because it sure as hell does. He led the team with 12 total tackles, nine solo, one sack with a fumble recovery for the touchdown, and three tackles for loss. If there is anyone who deserves to win NFC Defensive Player of the Week, it is only Kayvon Thibodeau. What a game for him last night. He showed up when it mattered. He was consistent. He was like that all game. He didn't take plays off. He might have been tired getting oxygen on the sidelines, but he was ready to play and he gave it his all every single snap. And it was a thing of beauty to watch for Giants fans. I mean, all of us were collectively so excited to see his work on this team. And I think, you know, it just gave all of us a glimmer of hope that, number one, this D-line 
can be something. And when we have all of these guys back, they can really make a difference. But we have the edge rusher that we have been waiting for for years. And to have Aziz on the other side and balance him out, and this is another thing that I think we all have really been missing, especially with Aziz being injured, is that Kayvon has someone on the other side to balance him. And when you're an offense and you got Kayvon on one side and you got Aziz on the other side, I would be a little scared because then you got Sexy Dexy and you got Leo right in front of you. And that is an intimidating front that we have not had in a long time. And it's so exciting to watch. I love it. I have been saying for years, and especially, you know, as I've gotten to connect with some of some other Giants fans and some former players who were a part of that 87 Super Bowl and that 91 Super Bowl and what Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick did for that defense was incredible. And to hear guys like Michael Strahan praising Kayvon last night and Lawrence Taylor saying it's a great victory Monday, these guys know what it's about. They know what a good defense looks like and they know what a good defensive player looks like. And to have them say that about Kayvon after the way that he went off last night is just validation that that was the that was the right pick at number five overall for the New York Football Giants, and he is going to be a superstar. And this is just the beginning. And I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks that we've seen little flashes of it from Kayvon, but to see it all out last night, this is the beginning. We are going to see Kayvon elevate the game every game that goes on and every year. And I am so freaking excited. And I hope that you guys are too. I mean, you better be. I don't know how you watch that game and not not think that, but it's incredible. So let's run through a couple more guys that had good games last night. So Jalen Smith had nine total tackles, four of them solo. My boy, Julian Love, seven total tackles, three solo. Fabian Moreau and Jason Pinnock had five total tackles, four solo. Got to talk about Aziz, coming in hot, four tackles, two solo, half a sack. And then how about Ryder Anderson, you guys? He has pretty much come out of left field. He has decided that he is going to work his ass off. And my God, he has let us know it. He has been elevated to the 53. He has had multiple sacks and he has made a difference in this defense. He also had a tackle for loss last night. So awesome. There are certain guys that we have seen that have seemingly come out of nowhere and been added to this team, especially on the defense, and really made a difference. Ryder Anderson is one of them. And, you know, we were talking about Fabian Moreau earlier in the year and what he was doing. And I think a lot of the reason as to why he's kind of fallen off a little bit is he's missing a Dory on the other side. He, you know, Moreau is not really a number one corner. He's a number one corner on our team. But the reality is that he, you know, you see why other teams cut him. And he, you know, is not a Dory Jackson. So I'm really hoping that we're going to get a Dory back this week. It could be looking good, but keep your fingers crossed. 
Someone else that we need to talk about is Landon Collins, who I know I have heard from so many of you saying, we picked up Landon Collins. Where is he? Why is he not on the team? Why is he not getting playing time? He's only elevated twice and this, that, and the other. And I get it, you guys. I totally get it. I have felt the same way that as soon as Xavier McKinney went down, I don't know why Landon Collins wasn't the first person elevated. To I mean, in my opinion, I feel like that would have made the most sense. But Landon Collins has said that he was really upset when he left the Giants. And last night, you know, I think he's been waiting since the second elevation and since McKinney went down, he's been waiting for the opportunity to get back on the field and prove to the Giants, I want to be here and I'm happy that I'm back and I am going to play my butt off on this field so I can prove that to you. And he got the opportunity last night. Now he had three tackles, one of them which were solo, but I think just having him on the field was important to the other linebackers on the field and just to help stack the box a little bit. Now, you know, we didn't really stop the run that much. Um, They still had six yards of carry, which, listen, I think we all know that. Uh, Having Leo back and having Dexter and whatever, you know, they're helpful, but we need better linebackers to get in there and help. And I think that's really where we've seen the biggest drop off is missing McKinney, right? Is that he used to kind of play that hybrid and go up in the box and help stop the run. And, you know, with him out, it's different. And, you know, Landon Collins is a great player. He is not Xavier McKinney, but he's a great player. And I think he made it known last night that he is ready to play. And listen, guys, he is on the 53. So I think this is going to be, you know, the beginning for Landon. I think we're going to see more of him over the next few weeks. Absolutely. You know, we'll see what happens when McKinney comes back. But he's had the opportunities to show us what he can do and that he deserves a roster spot on this team. And, you know, he proved it last night. And I'm excited to see more of him. Um, You know, I think Everyone on this team could always make some improvements, so I'm looking forward to seeing that out of him, but I'm excited for him. I think he is really going to help make a difference in these last few games. Now, the last guy on defense that I want to talk about is the one and only Sexy Dexy, which I know you guys were probably laughing as hard as I was when they did the intros, and I don't know if I have happened to miss this every game or... It's new, but I swear I've never heard him say in the intro when they go to his name, Sexy Dexy. And to hear that, not only did it make me laugh, but I was just like, oh my God, I love this guy. Sign him to a long-term deal. Keep him here forever. Not only is he, he seems like he's a great leader. He's a great person in the locker room. He is absolutely hilarious, but he is also an incredible player on the field. And he's got a little bit of everything. He had two tackles, one solo, and half a sack last night. And Dexter, he makes his presence known when he is on the field. And he is one guy that I just absolutely love and am always happy to watch him play football. So great game for Dexter, too. I just, I love the guy. So happy he's... um He's here, and I'm happy that they picked up his fifth-year option, and I really don't think he's going anywhere, so I feel really good about that. One thing that I want to talk about on the defense briefly, because I you know, I think that it's a week-to-week thing, and I think that it's going to change, but the fact that Rodarius Williams was inactive for the second week in a row really pisses me off. And where the hell is Dane Bellin? I 
no one is going to convince me. And I would like to, you know, sit down with Dable and have a little one-on-one. He is not going to convince me that Darnay Holmes is better than Dane Belton. He's just not. So what are we doing? What are we doing? And, you know, I understand the whole Twitter thing, but that happened weeks ago and Tay Crowder was active after that and then played terribly during the game. What else is new? So, you know, Tay was inactive this week, which is fine. Again, whatever. He's not that great, so I don't think we missed him. But I think we missed Rodarius. Why? Why are we not putting him out there? Why? Why opposite Fabian Moreau do you have Jason Pinnock? who has had multiple chances this year to get an interception. The ball has been in his hands and he has dropped it. And again, I know he's not a wide receiver, but when you are a cornerback and you have those opportunities, you have to capitalize on them. You know who did have an interception this year? Rodarius Williams against the Cowboys. What are we doing? I, it's so frustrating to me. And obviously you guys, I know that They are the experts and they are there week in and week out out of practice, but no one is going to convince me that Williams and Belton had quote unquote bad days in practice this week and that's why they didn't get playing time. Really? You're going to tell me that Jason Pinnock and Darnay Holmes had better practices? Come on. I don't buy it. I just don't. And if he's still punishing Williams for the Twitter thing, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it is a reminder as to why Kadarius Tony is not here, aside from the fact that he's made of glass. But still, come on. You're going to let Richie James be a punt returner every single game after he's had multiple fumbles. So he's allowed to have a second shot and a third shot and a fourth shot and a fifth shot to not mess up and fumble the ball in huge game situations. But you're not going to let Rodarius Williams play over Jason Pinnock and Darnay Holmes? What are we doing? Why? I just someone needs to make it sen- make it make sense for me and I think the only person who's going to do that is Brian Dable and he's not going to address it. He's just going to say what he always says is that oh, you know, they had better better days in practice. Which I love Dable and I think he's an excellent coach, but I think that is absolute BS. And it annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> so this week I want to see Rodarius Williams active. I want to see him get snaps. And I want to see Dane Belton in there. And I'm going to be real pissed if Adoree's back. Um, first of all, I'm going to be very excited if Adoree's back. I am going to be pissed if you have Adoree and Moreau and Williams is inactive. That's what I'm going to be pissed about. Okay? That's enough of the defense. <laughs> Last up, as always, is special teams. And you know what, Jamie Gillen? You have redeemed yourself. Thank you. Collective thank you from all of us Giants fans for having a great game last night. He stepped it up. Um, you know, I think one of the concerns with him coming in is is that he's very inconsistent. And I think that we have seen that, you know, week in and week out. Some weeks he's excellent. Some weeks he's not so excellent. But last night, He redeemed himself. 
after a tough game, which is what you want to see from these guys. Now I just want to see him be consistent moving forward. But he had five punts for 213 yards. The longest was 56, and he had three punts inside the 20. So he came up pretty big when we needed him. The... um. The tackling on special teams did not come up big when we needed them. Oh, my God. They let up another, what was it, a 40-yard return last night? Uh, You know, I'm really disappointed in Cam Brown because he has been, for the last few years, an excellent player on special teams. He has been leading this team. And listen, maybe the guy is tired from leading the special teams week in and week out for years, But, I mean, can we get someone to help him out? It's not Tay Crowder. So we need someone else to help him. And he also needs to step it up because I haven't seen a lot from him this year and I was expecting more from him, especially when the rest of special teams kind of looks like it's crumbling a little bit. You know, we need like one or two guys to make plays. And when you have to, when it gets to the point where your kicker, your beloved kicker, Mr. Automatic, is trying to make tackles, that's a problem. Graham Gano is not big enough to be making tackles, and we cannot afford for him to get injured. So special teams, please fix yourself. Whatever you're doing, fix it, because you guys have got to make better tackles next week. Okay, let's talk about Gary Brightwell, who you guys know that I love. He had one return yesterday, uh, one kick return for 21 yards, which was a great run back. Um, and then Richie James had two punt returns for 32 yards. The longest was 23. So, um, you know, here's the thing. I'll say it again. They've said it for weeks at this point. I don't really, you know, would it be nice if we could have someone who could run a kick back for a touchdown? Sure. Realistically, is that going to happen? Probably not. So just, you know, do a fair catch, hold on to the ball. Um, you know, don't make a stupid decision like Richie James kind of did one yesterday and decided to let it bounce and it came down to like the two or three yard line. Um, but look, all I care about for the kick returners and the punt returners, just hold on to the ball. You know, it's fine. Um, last up, Mr. Automatic the best. He went two for two on field goals. The longest was 50 yards, which I'm not going to lie. I was a little concerned about that one for a second. Um, But then he went two for two on extra points. So excellent day for Graham Gano. He is Mr. Automatic for a reason. We love him for a lot of reasons. And, you know, he always pulls through for this team. And I just, I just love Graham. He is um, really important especially to this team that just, you know, cannot put together a lot of touchdown drives. So I hope Graham Gano signs on for a long-term deal. I actually don't know the details of his contract. I'll look into it at some point. Um, He's definitely signed on for another year because I know he's not one of the names being talked about in re-signing. But I would like to see him here forever for as long as he wants to play. That would be great. All right, so that rounds it out for today's episode. 
It is another Victory Monday. It feels so good to have another Giants win for the fans, for the coaching staff, for the players. You know, we saw some really good things come out of this team yesterday. They're really, you know, the biggest mistakes that they made were the penalties. But outside of that, they did a really good job of not turning the ball over. The defense did an excellent job of making plays where it mattered. And I just think we can feel optimistic, a little bit more optimistic than maybe we have felt in the last couple of weeks about this team. And I'm just excited to see, you know, what they do over these next couple of weeks. So they have Minnesota coming up on Christmas Eve. My biggest concern about Minnesota is that they put up a lot of points and I have faith in our defense to make some good stops, especially in the red zone. But I just am not so confident in our offense that we could put up anywhere near 30 points. And I think that it, in order for us to win this game, it is probably going to be likely that they're going to have to do something close to that. So let's see if they pick up anyone off of waivers this week. It's possible they bring in another wide receiver. Um, you know, probably won't be any type of superstar or anything like that. But Isaiah Hodgins was a great pickup. They picked up um, a wide receiver last week. We might get to see him next week, which could possibly make a difference on this offense as well. So, um, you know, and there's also a shot that we're getting a Dory Jackson back. So, you know, I think that we can put up a fight against Minnesota. They got absolutely rocked in the first half to the Colts. So, you know, why can't it be us? Any given Sunday, you guys, that's what we need to remember. So thank you for listening. My name is Adriana. I am the host of the Everything New York Giants podcast. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and um, TikTok, at New York Giants Fangirl. On Twitter, I'm at NYG Fangirl. I don't tweet as much. Instagram and TikTok are more fun for me. So if you guys are on those, join me there. We can talk all things Giants all the time. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, please share with a friend, rate, review, subscribe, and I will be back next week with a new episode. Go Giants.